Purley and the Huskies have their dreams come true. For the fifth time in school history and for the first time since 2014, the UConn men's basketball team are national champions. Head coach Dan Hurley, a great story in his own right, has brought the Huskies back to the top of the men's basketball world. Congratulations to UConn and to their fans. This is Doug Greenberg once again filling in for Owen Poindexter. It's Tuesday, April 4th, and you're listening to Front Office Sports Today. Over the weekend, there was a massive deal in the sports entertainment world when Endeavor acquired WWE in a deal that valued the company at $9.3 billion. It's also going to merge WWE with Endeavor's other property, UFC. To talk us through the specifics of the deal and how and why it went down now, we have senior reporter AJ Perez joining us here. Hey, AJ, how's it going? Doing well. Yeah, this is a a deal that, um, you know, it was a little unexpected in the timing. Uh, people I was talking to thought it would happen uh, in the next several weeks, but uh, the timing of it, especially since it came right before day two of WrestleMania, that it, that's when uh, that's when news broke. And uh, this morning they they uh, announced this merged company, um, and, and it looks well, it'll be approved later this year, most likely. Um, and uh, they're going to have a lot of uh, uh, money coming in, I think, when it comes to media rights, since uh, we got the, at the WWE to de- their their deals with. Um, NBC Universal, uh, which is for USA, to broadcast fights, and also the deal with uh, with uh, Fox uh, expire next fall. So there, this is when negotiations were were going to start up. Now we got this new wrinkle of a merged company. Um, yeah, gonna that's uh, that's going to be handling the, the negotiations uh, for both WWE and in a couple years uh, with UFC as well. Yeah. So why did Endeavor end up getting this deal done? Um, over some other companies that were also in the mix. I know that the Saudi PIF was one of the companies that was, you know, here. And I know there were some other companies that were also kicking the tires. Yeah. So there were several companies that kind of looked into it. Um, The Saudi PIF, we actually broke that story early in the process back right after um, Vince McMahon returned in January. Uh, That was one. NBC Universal was thought was was another Disney uh, as well. Um, There was, uh, but the last several weeks, it looks like it was basically just Endeavor and for a couple of things, so obviously the money is one part of it. This new company is going to be 51% owned by Endeavor or controlled by Endeavor. And the 49% uh, is going to be, uh, it's the rest of the 49% is going to be going to the, the current WWE shareholders. So, uh, but so this is uh, this, this uh, Ari Emanuel, the head of Endeavor, obviously has a very strong personality, maybe the, one of the, probably this one of the strongest, if not the strongest in, 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 uh, in Southern California when it comes to uh, um, the uh, whole entertainment industry. So, this was uh, this is he's going to handle two very powerful people or have underneath them or they're going to you know they'll let them control it in in Vince McMahon he'll have a role he's the executive chairman now for WWE he'll have the same title Nick Khan as well is going to be doing uh, is going to remain as president of WWE and then on the, on the UFC side it's going to be Dana White who was who they uh, ever since the 2018 um, $4 billion dollar deal to get a controlling stake of UFC um, Endeavor kept uh, has over the last five years has kept Dana White as president. So you'll have uh, obviously two major personalities um, in uh, in Dana White and um, Vince McMahon under the same umbrella. And yeah, let's let's expand a little bit on the roles that Dana White and Vince McMahon are going to have going forward. Um, you know, you and I had talked about before the show that Vince, part of the reason why WWE maybe wanted to go with Endeavor was that Vince was going to have a role with the company, um, at least in the immediate future. So, you know, what do Dana White and Vince McMahon's futures with this new Endeavor takeover look like? 
uh, in the near and far future. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with uh, Nick Khan, who is uh, staying on as president um, of uh, who will be doing uh, president of the WWE in, 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 in this new division. You know, he's uh, he's he's very, very high, very well respected, highly regarded um, in the the entire industry, not just sports entertainment, but all of uh, but all of uh, the you know the sports and the broadcast industry. It's going to be interesting to see, like going forward, if uh, you know whether I'm not saying Nick Khan will actually ever you know take over Dana White and his duties at UFC, but he's uh, he doesn't have uh, the baggage that either um, that either Vince McMahon, as we mentioned earlier, with his uh, with the um, with the allegations that were that were that were kind of surfaced against him last summer, and or or the you know with the Dana White, and obviously before he he, he launched Power Slap, um, his New Year's Eve uh, confrontation with his wife, uh, you know, surfaced. Um, so that's going uh, to be interesting to see. But the, we got Ari Emanuel. You know, he's very powerful. He's uh, you know he has he has the gravitas obviously to handle handle uh, a personality like Vince McMahon and Dana White. At the same time, it could be a little of a challenge. But I think Nick Khan, you know, it'll be. Keep an eye on Nick Khan and see what his role is going to be. Uh, maybe not when this thing gets done later this year, but over the next uh, few years, I think he's he's so he's so so well respected that I think uh, this is uh, we're going to see a lot more of him. And, and yeah, WWE and UFC are obviously combat sports entertainment adjacent companies. Um, they're now going to be under the same umbrella. So, how much? Uh, crossover are you expecting between WWE and UFC now that they're both there? The first thing they have to work out is com- the combined companies. And when these, and when you have positions that are kind of overlapping duties that overlap between WWE and UFC marketing is one of them, you know, there could be some job cuts, um, either no one today when this was announced um, that uh, kind of hinted at, at the, or said for sure there'll be cuts. There's probably going to be some cuts staffing wise, but beyond that, you're going to have um, you're going to have these uh, two combined companies, and um, obviously, and, and Endeavor bought New Line, which is was a you now a streaming provider a few years back, um, and it was UFC just basically ran their their backbone. So, could we see a WWE catalog uh, combined with uh, historic fights from UFC? That could be something down the road. That's it hasn't been decided yet. The thing why you the media rights are going to be hard to combine, at least initially, is that you know you got fall 2024 is when the WWE's deals with NBC Universal and and Fox end, and then you have another you have an over another year after that before the uh, ESPN deal with UFC expires. So it's they don't really line up now, but there could be some kind of some kind of streaming uh, maybe back maybe uh, back catalog kind of thing um, down the road. Yeah, the media rights. You know, now that WWE and UFC are together. Uh, that could be really, really fascinating going forward. I know you wrote about that today, and that story is currently up on Front Office Sports, but that's all the time we have for the conversation at the moment. AJ, thank you so much for joining me. No problem. Thanks for having me back on. Up next, Owen spoke with Katie Griggs, president of business operations for the Seattle Mariners, on what it takes to run a baseball organization from behind the scenes. We'll have more on that after the break. Here's what's trending now. You can defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. 33,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, gaining visibility and control over their financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. Everything they need to reduce manual processes, boost efficiency, build forecasts, and increase productivity. Whether your business generates millions or hundreds of millions of dollars, take advantage of this special financing offer of no payments or interest for six months at netsuite.com frontoffice. That's netsuite.com slash front office.
All right, I'm joined now by the Seattle Mariners president of business operations, Katie Griggs. Welcome, Katie. Thanks for having me. So let's just get a, the quick cliff notes on how you got to be where you are. So you've been in your current role, I believe, since August 2021, if, uh, if your LinkedIn is accurate. And uh, so, yeah, how did you become the Mariners president of business operations? Short version is I got lucky and I worked pretty hard and I've had the opportunity to get to know a lot of great people along the way. Um, my career was not a linear one. I did not start out in sports straight out of college. I didn't actually end up breaking into sports until after I got my master's degree. Uh, but it's always been a goal of mine and it's always been a passion. And for me, it was really about how do I find ways to broaden my skill sets, gets exposed to new things. And I've been incredibly fortunate that that path led me here. Yeah, very cool. Uh, and so <clears throat> what what do you do in your role? What Yeah, what's your day-to-day -day like? Day-to-day uh, -day is completely variable, which is part of why I really enjoy it. Um, so my role really spans everything other than the identification, training, and ultimately playing of baseball. My partner, Jerry Depoto, who's the president of baseball operations, oversees that side of our business. But everything else from some of the more back-of-house functions like technology, HR, finance, legal to a lot more of our fan-facing functions, like operating the ballpark, sales, marketing, our television broadcast, all of the work we do in our community, that all reports up for me. Yeah, I mean, that seems like an incredible amount to for, for one person even to like be kind of hearing reports about, about all of that because you've got, you know, operating the stadium is one huge end of things, and you've got stuff like sponsorships, promotions, maybe the media end of things. Um, how do you kind of keep it all together? I have a fantastic team. I'm really fortunate to work with a lot of talented men and women who have been doing this for a long time. And ultimately, we all share a similar vision for what success looks like. And ultimately, that's living our mission, which is to win championships, create unforgettable experiences and serve our communities. So I think having that common lens through which we view the world, combined with, like I said, a bunch of people who work really hard and are really good at what they do, makes it happen. And it sounds like your role is basically everything other than the on-the-field baseball stuff. But to what degree does the team's performance and you know any narratives that come out from the playing affect what you do? Oh, there's tremendous, uh, tremendous impact. And Jerry and I speak frequently uh, because the reality is we know our athletes perform their best when they're in front of our fans and they've got that energy and excitement here. So that's something he cares about. But obviously, our fans want to see our team win. And so Jerry and his team wake up every day focused on that. And so there certainly are high degree of interdependency between the two groups. We don't operate as uh, separate entities at all. And the Mariners, of course, broke one of the longer playoff droughts in, in sports um, last year. And uh, what did that mean? Uh, I mean, for the team, but but on your end? It was incredible. I've had the opportunity and the fortune to be a part of some really special moments in sports. And I, I have to say that watching a walk-off to get us into the postseason for the first time in a long time and the reaction of all of our fans was something I won't forget. It really is an opportunity to not only you know energize our fans, but really bring happiness into an entire community, which is fun. It's part of what we get to do. And it's part of why I enjoy my job. Um, but I think as we look at this season, it really is all about looking ahead. We recognize that making the playoffs and winning a series is fantastic. But that's not the goal. The goal is to go further. Um, but it was fun 
talking to a bunch of our athletes down at spring training. I think for them, having the monkey off their back is a pretty big deal. They've gotten a taste for it, and now they're focused on this season. How do we go further? And did that open up new possibilities and opportunities on the business end of things? I think everyone likes a winner, right? That's not that's not new news. And so it's certainly something where as we're having conversations about the ways in which we're thinking differently, the ways in which we're approaching our community and approaching our market differently, um, it gave us a little more credibility. And needless to say, there's a lot of excitement about this team right now. And that's that's great. There's tremendous amount of momentum. And we're really pushing ourselves and our partners are pushing themselves to figure out how do we make sure that we're taking full advantage of this moment and really excelling and achieving our objectives. And is there a particular part of it, whether it's season ticket sales or, you know, your work with, with partners or something else that you think was particularly amplified by the team's success? I think that both of those certainly were impacted. Um, the level of excitement we're seeing in market as we approach opening day in a couple of days is pretty exciting. Um, with that being said, we've also got a lot of other exciting stuff going on as well. We're having the opportunity to host this year's all-star game for Major League Baseball. There's a ton of excitement in market for that. And uh, as we go into next year, we'll be hosting the NHL Winter Classic here at T-Mobile Park. So, you know, there's just a lot of energy and excitement in general. And so no doubt... The season that we had has fed into that, but it's a really nice confluence of events where we've got to ride the wave of a incredible, young, dynamic, talented team on the field, but also a lot of other great things happening um, around it as well. Major League Baseball has kind of famously had had difficulty promoting its biggest stars, um, and uh, you've got you know one of the brightest young stars in the game in Julio Rodriguez. How do you? Take someone like that who, you know, could be, he could be the best player in baseball this year and, you know, over the next five years, perhaps, or if not the best, then one of them. How do you, how do you capitalize on having a, a phenomenal player like that? I think we let him be him, right? Julio, I th- one of the reasons he engages so successfully is because it's authentic. He cares about our fans. He truly does play with the joy. I mean, you can't fake that for 162 games a year. You really can't. No, he is exactly what he appears to be. And so one of our focuses on how do we help put him in situations where he's happy, he's comfortable, he can do what he can do. But frankly, that's no different than the way we work with any of our other athletes. And ultimately, it's about working with them and working with our baseball operations group to ensure that we're setting them up for success. We're shining a spotlight on authentically who they are, knowing that that will engage with different people. And that's a good thing. Um, but also doing it in a way in which it doesn't distract from ultimately their core job, which is to go out there and win baseball games. Like you said, we're recording just a couple of days before opening day. What are you most excited about for this season? I am so many things. It's, you know, I'm most excited to get our fans back in the ballpark. We've done some incredible work both here inside the uh, venue, but also in our community to really create an environment both inside the walls of the ballpark, but also beyond where fans can come spend time together and celebrate baseball. Um, so I'm excited to give the, give them the opportunity to see that. I'm excited about the fact that we've been able to really double down on our goal of improving accessibility to our sport. So we now have shifted it so we have a $10 get-in price for every single game throughout the year, whether it's opening day or our top series. There will be tickets available for $10. And we expanded our value menu from a concession standpoint, where last year really resonated with our fans because we know it's not just about getting into the ballpark. It's expensive when you are here as well or can be. 
So we expanded our value menu this year. Now we have up to 12 items that are between two and $4, including some healthy food items for our fans uh, that we didn't have last year. So I think there's just a lot of exciting things we're doing from a fan experience standpoint, as well as from a technological standpoint. But most importantly, we're going to put a fantastic team out on the field. Yeah, very cool. And um, just please, for, for all of us, please, please beat the Astros this year. It, it would <laughs> be doing a favor to America. Um, Katie Griggs, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Owen Poindexter, our good friend, is back tomorrow. So thank you for letting me into your podcast rotation for the last couple of days. Join Owen here tomorrow on Front Office Sports Today. 